This week on episode 43 of Bat and Spider, the boys talk about Demon Wind, 1990s American horror film directed by Charles Philip Moore. Bat and Spider, episode 43, Demon Wind. Chuck. Hey, Dale. We're back. It's a pleasure to be back. This is my favorite. It's my favorite part of the week. Tell you what. And it's Monday <laughs> night. <laughs> no, we've somehow engineered our Mondays into uh, having some positivity right at the end. Nice little dessert on the S sandwich that is usually Mondays, right? <laughs> right. Can't drag your A out of bed. <laughs> nope. And uh, <laughs> maybe it's an S-y day. And yet here we are. Yeah. At the end of it. Yeah. Um, you know, got the shakes from that extra cup of coffee. Oh, man. I, I'm always jealous of you. You're a, you're a nighttime coffeeer, aren't you? Yeah, I am. God, uh, I wish I, I had the constitution for that. I would be drinking. I feel like when I was in my early 20s, I would do that. Drink coffee all day long and all night. And it didn't really affect me. But can't do it now. One day last week, maybe it was recording or editing night, I got it. And I didn't finish drinking it, and um, I drank it later. I drank it after 9.30 or so, and I remember laying in bed (laughs) thinking, like, this is the coffee. I can't. This is why I feel like I'm in this, like, dream state where I'm completely exhausted, but I'm still awake. Uh, Um, So there is probably a cutoff, but it is much, a much later cutoff than normal. Chuck, I am morbidly obese, and I have the constitution of, you know, like a, a water buffalo, so it would probably take a lot more caffeine to, uh, to course through this um, front tub. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, in, yeah. I, I, I'm, we, we grew up in a similar region of the country, but like, I remember my parents, after every dinner, it was coffee time, you know, brew up a batch of mm-hmm. coffee. Uh, yeah. And that was normal. But like, yeah, I don't know. I can't do that now. When I'm, when I'm in, uh, when I'm traveling to Italia, I'll have a, you know, anytime anyone offers a, an espresso. Espresso. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> a little tiny cup. Let's see. Put a little yeah. sugar in there. You stand <laughs> up drinking it. Yeah. Nobody sits down. It's a joke. No. You sit down. Well, Dale, I have um, a little surprise. Oh. Look, we got a friend of this podcast that is more than a friend. He is he is part of the family, I guess you'd say. His name's Dirk, Dirk Feelgood. He's a li- the lifeblood, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, we you know, he's he's not having a good day today. We all go through and we all have days where just life just takes a huge S on us. And you know, Dirk has shown this show and ev- all the listeners and everyone so much love over this these last few months that I wanted to show Dirk that he is appreciated. So I did something I haven't done probably since I was a tiny kid. I wrote a poem. It's called, His Name is Dirk. Dirk feel good. Dirk is our friend. Dirk is our power. He'll watch any movie. From this, he'll never cower. Dirk is our king, but not so divine. He breathes and he bleeds, just like us swine. But today our poor Dirk has lost a good mate. His furry friend Ted has run in with fate. So this one's for Dirk and those that he loves. May today's bats and spiders be swallows and doves. We love you, O Dirk. So we wrote you this letter. Today you feel bad. May tomorrow feel better. Ooh. (laughs) It's a video nasty, isn't it? Woo. Dirk, we're sorry you had such a crap day, man. Yeah. We, we love, love you, man. Um, we're all thinking of you. You're a great dude. Um, yeah. So much love to you and the family. Counting Crows, are you thinking of uh, Dirk right now? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I knew. I knew they would be. How could they not be? Dated Courtney Cox. Dated Courtney Cox, that guy. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right, Chuck. Yeah. And what what's the final verdict on his hair? Was it was it a wig? 
Do we know? No, I think that's real. I mean, it got bad. It I think still in might recent be bad. years, it's a wig. I've looked, look, I, look, full I, confession. Chuck, okay. Full confession, Chuck <laughs> is in the business. He knows people. Okay, so maybe he knows what we don't know. I, hey, I have the internet just like everybody else, and I've Googled Adam, what's his name? Dermots? Derwitz? Derwitzen? Yeah. I've Googled his haircut. Probably once every three years, okay? Just to yeah. figure it out, what's going yeah. on. He's an, he's an interesting guy. He's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You should you should look look him up. Just he, look him up on your own. He's done some this, weird what, interviews. What, what, what do you want this? What, uh, this is in the Adam Dermot's podcast. Dermot's. Adam Kermit. What? God. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, probably, like, think of... If you, when you were a kid in gym class and you would get like whipped in the legs with a jump rope, that's probably was Courtney Cox's arms and neck whenever (laughs) those two are in the same room together with, with him swinging around that head whipping around when he got excited about something. Yes or no. Ow. Ow. Those jump ropes hurt. Those, they were like plat, they were like rubber, like, or like hard plastic, like hard plastic beaded. Yeah. Yeah. This is rough. Double Dutch. Did you ever do Double Dutch, Dale? <laughs> no. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've, I've watched people do Double Dutch. I think I might have got a few steps into Double Dutch once. But, oh, okay. But, but man, I don't know how. It's it's magic. I don't know how they mm-hmm. do it. It's mesmerizing. Two ropes. Two ropes. Jeez, uh, what else happened this week? Let's um let's focus on the, the here yeah. and now. Let's do that. What else we got? cooking anything worth hmm. talking about i watched my first uh andy milligan movie um all right yeah yes you I did i don't know much about andy milligan but he's he's in the air everyone's talking about this guy um, yeah he's got he's he's pervading the air yeah severin just announced a new box set with like 40 bajillion of his movies but <laughs> i mean it's 150 bucks and they keep sending me emails saying that they're already sold out half the print run oh um, my god just really trying to stick it to me, but I'm I'm holding strong, Dale. I can't I cannot buy this thing. It would be irresponsible. Okay. Um, Tell me about the one Andy Milligan that you did see without the box set. Yeah, I watched this movie Weird, The Weirdo from 1989. Um, that I really liked. It. I don't. You know, like he. I guess he's famous in low budget circles. Like he. It seems like he. He makes like. I've heard him described as sort of on the level of like Herschel Gordon Lewis um that sort of level but like really really small budgets um mm-hmm. and i guess this is one of his later works because I, th- I think he was working all throughout the 70s um but this was about it, it was basically a love story almost like a forrest gump like a super low budget forrest gump uh love story <laughs> uh, <laughs> where forrest gump you know the last like 30 minutes turns into a murderer um oh and starts killing people to, you know, cause, cause he, he's, he's perceiving an adjust, an injustice done by them upon him and his girlfriend. So, um, yeah, he's, it, taking it, it. he's, he's, he's a pretty sympathetic character. Like I don't, you know, he's, it's, it's, it's an interesting story in that way. Cause it's, 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 it's two young lovers who are not your usual people because they're, you know, they're, mentally stunted or i don't know the correct word to say and uh but yeah and it but it's super low budget you know it's i think i think i watched the special features the guy said they had a budget of like a thousand dollars it's like really low budget uh but it was it was it was an experience and i want more i want more andy milligan i think i understand why he is um Hmm. he is held in esteem as far as low budget trash goes um He's definitely, he is going, he definitely has a vision. Like I felt like he, he wasn't just fucking around. Like he, he had a fucking vision for this movie and, yeah, um, and he was sticking but, to that line. So in terms of, uh, not, not style, but did it get like depraved or gory or was it just, you know, like a suspense or a thriller movie? Uh, it was for the most of it, it was just, it was almost almost just character piece like building up this character um okay you know the the 
the boy's the main character and it, it he like lives in a shed behind the, this old woman's house because his mom is too much of a mean lady <laughs> didn't want oh, him living God. with her anymore and so he has this relationship with this super sweet old lady who like gives him jobs to do and takes care of him and and he just like wanders the neighborhood in the park just like collecting junk like that's his favorite thing to do <laughs> um oh wow but you know he's not he's not all there and he gets picked on like there's local bullies that pick on him all the time Ugh. uh you know he's beguiled by women in general because he doesn't understand why he feels the way he does about them and yeah. it, it's 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 dealing with bigger things than uh you might expect from this type of movie. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I wow. liked it a lot. Yeah. The more I think about it, the more I enjoyed the experience. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I started cool. my uh, journey with uh, that director. Yeah. How about you, Dale? You, you doing anything? You done anything? Oh this God. Chuck, what? You it's know. okay if you haven't. You don't have you to. Know? <laughs> well, I, I watched some big ones, but I don't know if it's something I need to, to talk about because you know they're they were excellent movies but i don't know you open yourself up you yeah. open up the uh the, the silken robe the the worm can by saying things uh you know you you watched and i gave and i gave them high ratings but you know like i am i am having trouble keeping my train of thought because as you when you just started speaking about andy milligan and ever since then this stink bug has been crawling across my laptop <laughs> as I'm staring at you. And he's just, I have stared at him long enough now at this point where I will feel bad killing him. Yeah. He's now your friend. Usually, You've looked at him I so usually long. don't. Yeah. I usually don't spend this much time with him, but boy, here we are. And those bugs, they're so slow. Like they're not like they, yeah. they're, they're weird looking, but they're just so, they're just like part of the, the, the scenery. You know they are. They They're really are. Like, I don't know. There's one upstairs He's, in my house. He's always there, always walking around. Yeah, he must. <laughs> they must eat dust mites or something. What if they're not eating? Yeah, they anything? must be munching on on some dust mites. But I did watch. After I after I say I didn't watch, <laughs> uh, Chuck. I watched. I mean, the four and a half star Beavis and Butthead do America. Oh. I did watch that and it was, I mean, I don't need to tell you, but it was 110% worth the revisit. Yeah. Um, I used to, I mean, I, you know, my teens were spent just watching Beavis and Butthead marathons on MTV, obviously. Um, It's where I heard so many songs from that time period for the first time on Beavis and Butthead and now they're. Yeah. A part uh, of me. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you, we got to credit that program with introducing uh, certain bands yes. to the, a mainstream audience that wouldn't like. I mean, Ween for one. That's the first time I ever heard Ween was on the Beavis and Butthead oh. show. Oh my gosh! Uh, Push yeah. the little daisies, and I was just like, "What the f is this?" Uh huh. Ween, Flaming Lips. Yeah. I mean, uh, so Beavis and Butthead do America was obviously like the culmination of. Uh, fandom and they they had to get out there and start you know making a movie for and capitalize but uh i mean it's a great story and the soundtrack slaps 100 percent. i used to listen to this soundtrack so often (laughs) that uh but to see it i knew i know the soundtrack more than i do the movie because i used to listen to the soundtrack so often but to see it in the movie yeah and uh up against you know a beavis and bud characters old and new just fantastic. I mean, they they are truly sent across America. How how great is it when they uh, meet their older selves in the desert? And uh, David Letterman <laughs> put two- does a <laughs> butthead's older voice. Oh my god, is that Letterman? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it it makes it warms my heart so much thinking about that. I love That's that they amazing. got him in a in a booth to record that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so many oh, celebs in that. Yeah, Cloris Leachman, who God rest her soul, just passed away. She's uh-huh. uh, she's into America, right? She's gonna go yep. play the schlotch. <laughs> so it's good to meet two upstanding gentlemen such as yourselves. 
Yeah. Uh, I love Clarice. Um, yeah, uh, Demi Moore, our boy Robert Stack. Oh, yeah. Richard, Richard Linklater. You got the, uh, the Rob Zombie animated sequence. That's also in the desert, right? They're, oh, like, yeah. Tripping on something, like mushrooms or something. Oh, my gosh. And that was, I mean, that that was totally a step away from Beavis and Butthead. That was white, a white zombie video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Completely. Yeah, it was, it was like, amazing. It, they were probably just like, hey, Rob, just design and just insanity. Just go go for it. <laughs> uh-huh. Guys, go back and watch Beavis and Butthead to America. It's on HBO Max as uh, as we speak. Probably some other things, too, but... Oh man, it's just Golly. it's just too damn good. That Chili Pepper song. I mean, every song. Yeah. That ACDC song. Mm. <sighs> flip, flip me. Remember what Beavis and But what was that? They had an album out before that. Mm-hmm. That was great Share, too. Shares, share was the big single off of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I got you, babe, with oh, share. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> God, I bought that. I bought that album and would play that song so ironically. Oh, I would blast it. Oh man. And. uh what was the other song? I want to feel every part of me touching was, uh, every that, part of was you. Was that Lesbian Seagull song in there too? That is Undo America. Oh, that's Undo America. Okay. Yeah. Um, Come to Butthead. <laughs> that was, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. so weird to think they're bringing it back. Like they already did bring it back once. Like what was that? Like God, probably like 10 years oh, ago yeah. now. Yeah. And they're doing it again apparently on I think Comedy Central. So. I don't know. Oh, we'll nice. See. We'll see. I mean, you know, Mike Judge is great. I don't, you know, I don't think he's lost it. You know, if he uh, <laughs> still thinks he can mind Beavis and Butthead and, <laughs> yeah. you know, make something cool uh, with it. The other album, The Beavis and Butthead Experience. That's it. That's, yeah, 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 oh yeah, my yeah. God. They had the, yeah, the, uh, oh God, the Primus song, Poetry and Prose. Great <sighs> song. I got you, babe, and come to butthead where the Beavis and Butthead ones. Could, looking down the barrel of a gun, Anthrax. Oh, it had that Nirvana song. Uh, I hate myself and want to die. Yes, I loved that song. Ninety nine ways to die by Megadeth. God, oh, I saw yes. that song so many times. Oh, God, ninety nine <laughs> ways to die. Yeah. Oh, oh God. So, this has been your Beavis and Butthead uh, quarter hour. Why don't we get into uh, Demon Wind? Demon Wind, Dale. 1990, Chuck. What is this Demon Wind about? All right, I'll lay it down. Corey is a little jerk who somehow has like 10 friends that he ropes into spending a weekend at a cursed (laughs) demon-riddled house in the middle of nowhere. As he insists that he just has feelings about stuff. His J-Off friends get all, get killed, and turn into demonic creatures over the course of two nights. That's what Demon Wind is, Dale. Watch out. Is the video nasty? It is... If it's anything, it's a video nasty. Okay, so you're if you somebody said this in their letterbox review uh, and they're in our um, Discord, I apologize, I forget right now, but it is it's Evil Dead with a yeah. Demon Wind twist. It's Evil Dead. It's like if 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 Evil Dead is Bugs Bunny, Demon Wind is like a turtle. Like they're trying to do it, but they're just too slow and they're taking their goddamn time getting to it. <laughs> what they want to um, do. Yeah. Like this is just going to be, I mean, so let's, let's, let's do it. Let's um, like props, in. props to the movie makers for having a big enough cast to tell the story and having special effects enough to sell the story. But, yeah. uh, you know, it was, it was like, this was, this movie was shot in two locations. One, I, I am not even still sure if it was a real location, that cafe slash, um, gas, gas station. station. There's yeah. no way, right? I don't know. Yeah, no way that yeah, place was real. Know. I don't know. It, it had to have been abandoned. Like, 
I can't see that be fun that being a functioning place if it it, was it looked like just a a a uh like a facade you would see on the MGM Studios backlot tour of a building. Yeah. It it I I was trying to figure out where they filmed this cuz it cuz it it felt like California but like cuz like a gas station like that like I could you could see that in the American West somewhere like in desert country where there's just like nothing for miles and then you know a shitty little gas station. That's all there is. Mm-hmm. But it was in this like, you know, it was, it was like sheep herder country. It was like green hills. And I don't know. I couldn't figure out exactly where it was, but, um, but yeah, it, it seemed odd. <laughs> yes. Um, too odd. Like it didn't, that road did not seem traveled enough to warrant a gas station. And it was, it was, it was weird. And, and a cafe. And obviously the cafe was, you know, I don't know, closed, closed down. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but they stop. Okay. This is where it begins. This is where I'm just going to start. Open up my dumb mouth. Just do it. I, ha- I had an okay time watching this movie, right? Um, it, yeah. So, What's his name? Blake? Blaine? Corey? Corey pulls up and this old man who works at the gas station, right? Typical shady old man. Dollar Um, store Lloyd Bridges. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) And uh, Corey says, how do you get to Carter, the Carter house? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I never heard of that Carter house. You know, obviously something's up. You know, your hackles are raised, your neck yeah. hairs are on, standing on end because something's uh-huh. wrong. Um, because you see what happened in the in the pro- prologue of the movie. Um, well, Corey says, well, it says right here on my map that the Carter house exists. <laughs> Corey, you have a map. <laughs> there is a lot of that in this, Dale. You have a map. <laughs> um, I don't know. I have no. I have. I have nothing to. You don't to say to that. No, There's nothing. What to are you going to say? Gonna say? Nothing. Nothing. I would be mad at you if you did. Um, but this whole gas station sequence. I mean, this is like. All right, this movie's about an hour and forty minutes long. Okay, irresponsibility. Way too long. Um, and I feel Wait. like this this gas station sequence felt like it took the first forty minutes. Um, it it yeah it never it ended never ended and they didn't even get gas dale that's the thing that drove me up the wall they didn't even pay for the cokes they got from the uh the diner right. that has had like two visitors in a month <laughs> right i'm so right. mad <laughs> Corey. so okay so everybody is supposed to meet at this diner so they could all find the carter house yeah. uh Corey and his girlfriends are the first to, his girlfriend is the first to arrive. They mm-hmm. walk in this cafe and they scream for somebody for 20 seconds. And 20 <laughs> seconds is all it takes for the girlfriend to pull down her pants and moon Corey. Yeah. For attention. To try and get Corey out of his um, sourpuss mood that he's been in all day. Right. 20 seconds later, the cook comes out of the kitchen because. Yeah. You waited twenty. You waited ten seconds to walk into a building, a public building, and pull down your pants. <laughs> and the <laughs> and the kitchen lady, it was like, "There's a bathroom in the back, honey." Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, <laughs> what a weird reaction. Like, yeah, like that yeah. would not be my first thought. Like, oh, she was just gonna piss on the floor. Like, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. That's why she had her pants down. Yeah, I thought her- they were gonna start porking. I thought she was putting her pants down to pork him. I don't know what, I don't know what it was. There was a lot of things in this where it felt like someone was like, oh, that's funny. I'm going to put that in my movie script. Like, it felt like there was a lot of that happening in this. Regardless of trying to um, stick to a mood or a a story. Yeah. Going to put in what they liked. There were many attempts. Whether it fit or not. Like this is not a funny movie, but there were many attempts to make it funny, and it like it failed at every juncture. Mm-hmm. I would say, uh, well, I mean, it got me laughing a few times, but not in the um, intended way. I, I I think. Yeah, this Corey character is just unlikable. Like I don't I don't need to like characters, but 
He sucks. Like he sucks right <laughs> off the bat. He, the, him and Elaine, his girlfriend, they're driving in the car and he is just Mr. Sourpuss. And I think like the first line, you know, Elaine asks him like, Stand this anymore. Corey, will you talk to me? About what? About anything, about what you're thinking. Just thinking about driving. I was set <laughs> off because I was like, I mean, if anything, that is a genuine like couple's argument. Hap- like that, like I wouldn't be surprised if the writer had that argument with his girlfriend and was like yeah. taking notes as it was happening because it it was very real. But it made me hate Corey so like I was just already not on his side. And then as he meets more 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 of his friends who he just like he sent up the friend signal, the Corey signal, and everybody comes running like ten of these people uh, to just meet him in the middle of nowhere. They're all asking him, "Why are we here? Why are we here?" He's like. I don't know. I just have a feeling there's some weird stuff that happened with my grandparents and my dad's yeah. family here. Yeah. I don't know, but something's How? here. I need to figure it out and I need you here with me. <laughs> How was he able to convince 10 of his friends? It was insane. Without an explanation. Yeah. Just guys, I need you to come with me three hours outside, you know, however long it was. I need, I just really I need you there. I will explain when we get there. Yeah. What? And it sounded like he was sending letters or telegram. I mean, this is 1989, but the way that people were acting was like, yeah, they didn't have a telephone call about it. It was like, they got a letter, like, please meet me in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Because (laughs) if you you were able to speak to the person directly, you would be able to get out of them what they needed, what exactly they needed to be there for. Maybe you couldn't get out of Corey because this guy... Stubborn. Corey is a, was a, is a, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, we know. Um, yeah, so we like, we get introduced to Corey's friends. Like, I mean, and if I didn't hate Corey enough, in walks this guy named Dell, yeah, with his lady friend. And Dell, uh, what's her name? Terry. I can't believe I know these characters' names. I know. Dell, the first thing he does is he assaults Elaine by kissing her on the mouth unwanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he gives Corey a high five after that, um, and then complains that his girlfriend had to stop at the mall they passed. Corey, my man. Oh, hi, Del. How was the drive? It sucked. Well, she know how women are. We passed that last mall. Terry panicked, and we had to stop. I just had to get some outdoor clothes. And you, you do look good enough to eat. With his completely bleached white pair of sweatpants he was wearing and then he makes out with his girlfriend in front of everyone and makes them all watch it's it's such uh, yeah the repulsive way he kisses a woman and he like licks the front the top lip of hers and then he says his his line that he'll say many times this is why i keep her around right right for face effing yeah, and Corey didn't say anything when his girlfriend got assaulted. It was just, oh, that's Dell. That's what he does. Yeah, it'll be over soon. Yeah. And then it's Ugh. it's like uh, there's 10 people in a line and the president has to shake each one of their hands. Like that's <laughs> that's how we're introduced to each one of his friends. Yeah. It They take the time to for everybody to say hi. Yeah. And establish all the relationships and like who used to be boyfriend and girlfriend and which yeah. guys hate each other. Um, right, but they're all Corey's friends, so they're all yeah. they all need to be there for him. And then not everybody drove together. Yeah. Because Penn and Teller <laughs> these Dale Chuck. I was enraged by these two. Their names Just, are Chuck and Stacy. Um and I I didn't like them. <laughs> One bit Dale. They were I don't even know what planet some bitching idiots. This was uh, this was one of the points where I feel like they were writing the script and you're like, this is going to be, mm-hmm. we're going to have people in the aisles laughing with these two. Yeah. Yes. Look how kooky these guys are. Yeah. Wait, you're telling me there's a a, a, a duo magician act in this movie? Corey's friends serious? with magicians out of nowhere? Are you oh telling me that? So these guys roll up in a convertible. Chuck is wearing like a, I don't know. It's like a magician's outfit, like Dracula cape. Yeah. Like standing up. And then 
the other guy is like in like a giant purple like robe thing. Yeah, he's just like Gandhi or something. Yeah. He's just And uh But yeah, sorry. And then he yeah, no. But then and he they like the- <laughs> they do their act and they they announce that they came because they wanted to take their show on the road. <laughs> but to the hinterlands. But this is I mean, this is a, they're, so they're just, they're just meeting here for 10 minutes and then they're heading to the house. The next scene, they're just dressed in normal clothes. Why yeah. are they dressed in their magician clothes? It shows them driving down the, the desolate highway, throwing their clothes, their magician clothes, just, just littering oh. them. On oh, the side does of the it? Road. Oh. Yeah. It's so dumb. Like it, I don't know why. Don't they need that for their act next week yeah. when they go back to, to Vegas or wherever? It's not Vegas. Yeah, no. Um, how about when they depart that? When the when they when the magicians leave and Dell calls the one the f word, and then and then Chuck, all he does is he pulls a he doesn't say anything. He pulls a dove out of his his jacket and lets it go. And then as the car drives off, he softly says Shazam at Dell, and then the dove shits on Dell's jacket and then Dell touches the shit he uses three of his fingers and his thumb to to tr- attempt to pick up smushy yeah. bird shit off of his vest <laughs> and fling it off of him dude it was like a tablespoon of like yogurt like yeah it was yeah you don't try to pick up anything like that yeah you get you a go, leaf you get grass you yeah. get a twig you, you go into the the place again a napkin yeah yeah you can do that Dell's an idiot. Dell's probably sniffing his fingers the whole ride to the Carter farm <laughs> after that. Do you guys smell that? Just Sick angrily up. sniffing yeah. for 40 minutes. Effing idiots. Uh, so finally, we I mean, we, we get to this place and it's like, it's been burnt down. It's just a shell of a house in a Barndale. There's nothing there except like a couple walls are still standing. Um, And I got to say that the effect was kind of cool. What? you know how this works so they go up to like i don't know why they even bothered to go up to the door that looked like there was no house behind it (laughs) but they open the door and it they can see inside like there's something like there's a whole house in there yeah uh cory walks around the wall and there's nothing there right it's Um, just a knockdown yeah just the facade of the building is left yeah it's pretty cool. It's a it's a pretty cool gag. I liked it. I thought it was kind of cool. cool. It's a pretty cool gag when you realize that if the, the the household has been abandoned for sixty years, there's skeletons on the floor from the uh, the people <laughs> who murdered each other, and yet there's a perfectly roasted Thanksgiving <laughs> turkey, br- still house. browned and gorgeous, ready to be eaten. I've been in abandoned buildings, Dale. This is not an abandoned building. That's all I got to say. That's it. There you, you heard it here first. Folks. Way too clean in there. You heard it here first. Yeah. There's no graffiti. Mm. Yeah. No, no kids effing. No yeah. s- soiled mattresses. Right. Uh, yeah. There's no beer bottles. Oh, Fire yeah. pits. That would be filled with beer bottles. And then like, like poltergeist stuff starts happening and they're like scared. They want to leave. The cars won't start. They try and walk, but then this mysterious fog starts like transporting them to different areas and then it transports them back to the house so they're like yeah well i guess we're not leaving so they decide that their best bet is to go inside the ghost house and spend the night like i don't think they had seen any demons yet like they i think they saw the little girls who appeared oh yeah said you're never you're mine or you're not leaving yeah they took what they took bridget or bonnie whatever her name was she (laughs) turned into like a little doll Oh yeah, with their eyes and mouth was bleeding. Oh my god! There are so many characters in this movie. I completely forgot about that other couple. And they and they're you know what? They're all demons <laughs> by the end. It's so it's like, de- yeah, yeah. It's hell keeping track of them, but they all suck. How mad were you when you think you've met every character, and then Willie and Raina come rolling up in their Jeep or their Suzuki? Oh yeah, I'm like what? Oh, like, uh, yeah, How there's two there more, more goofy people? friends. Oh my God! <laughs> How is there more people? And and the the big, uh, you know, they're begging. They see the samurai pulling up. 
they're begging, yeah. don't turn off your car. And they don't hear anything until they turn off the car and say, what did you say? Like, come <laughs> on. But me, I mean, Dale, demons, they can only prevent a car from restarting. Like, you got to right, shut yeah. it off first for the demons to get in there right. and affect they're, the engine, right? They're powerless against <laughs> a running combustion engine. Yeah. If it's Fact. running, they're shit out of luck. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then and then it turns into Evil Dead where, you know, there's this pervading force that's kind of trying to, the, to penetrate the house and get yeah. to them. But also, you know, it's infiltrating the minds of some of the people, the, the weaker minds there. So they're turning into demons from within and they're trying to bite their friends or succumb to, you know, sweet getting sweet talked by the demons. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a long trip to watch. It's just, it's just long. It feels like a drag. I mean, even the demon effects aren't that bad. They're really good. They're beautiful. Especially the, when we get to, I guess, I think it's Satan. Yeah. And he looks amazing. Cloven hooved Satan himself. Yeah. Yeah. He looked like the Satan that I saw when I went to one of those, um, hell houses that churches hold. Uh, Whoa. To like scare kids out of uh, having sex and driving drunk. I hated how Corey always referred to his grandmother as grandmother. Corey. Grandmother? Um, I don't know many people call their grandmother grandmother. I don't know. Yeah. That yeah. bugged me for some reason. You know, they, they come across their own version of the research done of the per, by the professors researching the demons and, uh, you know, in the Book of the Dead, their their Book of the Dead, and it yeah. recites like some of some of Mima's safety spells are in it, mm-hmm. um, to protect them for a little while, but nothing works because they're showing yeah. it, but nothing works, and uh, so ultimately, you know, Satan himself presents. Yeah. himself and i missed something because Corey does something <laughs> to turn into his demonic heritage and is the most completely he, useless hybrid human demon he looks like a penis with elf ears oh he looks, and, yeah and i don't know why like i don't know i i i was right there with you dale i want i was gonna ask you i have a note written down ask, ask dale, dale why he turned into this penis head yeah and like what purpose does it like i didn't understand was no i don't know i don't know what happened there so so he he has demon lineage okay okay his, so he's part demon he's part demon uh, yes okay. all, right, all right but i don't know why he had to turn into the demon to fight satan because he doesn't he doesn't do it he does a, a crap job fighting satan he does no Super better bad. as a demon as he did as a human useless i mean arguably the worst looking he didn't look charismatic he didn't look like good he looked weird uncanny valley weird version of human demon hybrid (laughs) and he does he can't fight satan he does a terrible job but ultimately he wins somehow i I forget he wins by telling the demon or by telling him he's not scared of him and then oh. but then he uh, but then he just asks uh, elaine to go read one of the spells in his grandmother's diary and it kills him like the oh, yeah. flames shoot out and get him but like didn't they already say like the like her grandmother wrote in the diary like the spells aren't working anymore they're not powerful enough you could tell it was like cumbersome for him to like walk around and act like like <laughs> it looked so dumb like he probably couldn't turn his neck at all yeah, oh my he God. He could just tell. <laughs> he could barely move his lips. He couldn't look. I yeah. mean, he just, it was just sad. The demons <sighs> could move their lips in a, in, a, in a sense. The demons were great. They were so, they were like covered in just like gross, bumpy flesh that was all slimy. And they had these disgusting like jagger teeth yeah. coming out of their maws. I never want to be like laughing and shitting on movies, like just for that sake. Yeah. Like, that, that bugs me. Um, but if we don't like a movie, we don't like a movie. So, and we're, you know, we're just saying it, but you know, I think we're, we're, 
I always feel like we have a mission on this show of finding the good things that have passion in it. And yeah. I, and I just feel like we didn't see the passion in this. Maybe that's maybe that's our fault, but um yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's not our fault. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I agree with I agree with you, Chuck. I mean, separately we watched this and we kind of had the same feelings and we didn't yeah. we don't talk about really the movie before yeah, we, we record. So uh, it just felt like it was uh, listless, like it was on a boat without sails or a rudder, yeah, you know, or fuel. It was just kind of floating along. It didn't really have vision or ambition, regardless of budget. You know, it was just kind of like I feel like you could fit this into like what people say. You know, like so bad it's good territory, um, which I always like. I kind of. I don't know, take umbrage with that thing. Yeah. <laughs> that phrase. Yeah, right. Um, but it, it, I feel like, you know, if we were the type of podcast that like did that type of thing where we like laugh and chuckle huts and make fun of movies, you know, yeah. Uh, this, this would be a top contender for that. I feel like, because yeah. it is, there were lots of funny things that happened that made me enraged more than laugh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I just felt more annoyed by some of the things that I feel like people would be like, oh, this is, we could get high and watch this movie and <laughs> laugh at it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, luckily, Chuck, we don't have too many of these, you know, yeah. we can see the passion and uh, fun in almost anything. So I feel like the last time we were really kind of disappointed was The Visitor, which seems like a years ago. There is, uh, before we stop talking about this, I wanted to call out one scene that uh, I hope you'll drop in here because I took the clip. Uh, there's a scene between Chuck and Terry where they're talking about their relationship and, you know, like he wants to get back together with her, but she's like, no, I'm with Dell. But they say each other, every, every line of dialogue that they have, they say each other's names. We have to talk. Chuck, there's nothing left for us to talk about. Come on, Terry. I can see it in your eyes back at the cafe. Chuck, you're mistaken. I'm Dell's now. and I'm going to stay with him. Terry. I love you. Chuck, it's it's too late for that. Del needs me. You don't. Life is just a game to you. It's not to me. I need somebody who's serious about me. Del is. <laughs> and it's like it's like a thing where they forgot they established. Oh, we already said their names in the scene, so we know who they are. But it's not like it's a comic book. Like we don't need to know their names every panel or whatever. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> But they just keep saying each other's names over and over again, and it's really infuriating <laughs> mm-hmm. and kind of funny. Oh, there was one cool effect. I want. Uh, how about Reyna getting eaten by that tongue skull, that cowhead skull with the tongue that shoots out? Oh yeah, that was pretty cool. That was legit. That was legit. Yeah, it was like a long hose tongue that wraps around her neck, pulls her up to this like, this like uh, it was like a human skeleton with a. With like a cow's head or something mm-hmm. and her head just goes inside the jaws of the cow and it clamps down on her and ugh. it was a shrine for the devil <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh and how about when uh bonnie reappears out of nowhere and satan just sucks all the juice out of her and turns her into a skeleton <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like wait bonnie's back yeah how, how is she back do- He's just eating a demon that looks like Bonnie. <laughs> yeah. Ash, ah. please, Ashley. <laughs> this actually, this may, I haven't watched the Evil Dead movies in probably like 15 years. And this made me hungry, Dale. It made me hunger for that goodness. Because mm. you see all the tricks that they were trying to do, you know, like all the tropes with the demons trying to get in the house and boarding up the walls and, Mm-hmm. Reporting up the windows, you know. Woo. Well, that was Demon yeah. Wind. <laughs> Have you washed yourself in the blood of the lamb, Dale? <laughs> Very. Uh, Is that a real church song, The Blood of the Lamb? Dude. I'm asking the wrong dude, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you're asking the wrong guy. It sounds like it would be. <laughs> yeah. It sounded like a real like hymn or something. Yeah. Do we have any letters and voicemails? Oh yeah, I think we do. Oh, Chuck, we have uh, we have letters and folks out there, if you want to send your own letters, please do that 
at batandspiderpod at gmail.com. Also, you could call the official Bat and Spider hotline. That number's 315-544-0966. The official Bat and Spider hotline, 315-544-0966. Yeah, yeah. Hey, happy birthday, John Carpenter. That happened the other day. HBD, JC. Yeah. First up, Tim Hamilton. Hey, I don't have access to Don't Panic, but enjoy your talk as always. I've been watching The Stand hoping to be scared or suspensed, but it's such a calm, sleepy show. And it uses the trope of the magical black character. (laughs) I can't remember if Mother Abigail was a black woman in the book. If so... We can blame Mr. King. Sorry if I'm causing controversy here. Too many eggnog <laughs> spritzers. TJ Hamilton is still hitting the nog. Wow. It goes on to that say... That nog can't still be good, can it? Maybe you better lay off it. Yeah. I think that stuff might be uh, expired. Yeah. yeah. If it's um, it's if it's not <laughs> spiked already, I mean, you better watch it, Tim. Maybe that's what it is. He goes on to say, Demon Wind, is that this week's movie? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Uh, I will get to it, but I'm always late. Dropping you an email. Did you know City Hunter is a popular comic from Japan? It was adapted into anime, TV shows, and even a live-action movie starring Jackie Chan. I watched that movie this weekend. Super weird. Jackie Chan agreed to raise his dead partner's little girl with a promise to never seduce her. (laughs) That sounds... Whoa. That's why... After Jackie raises her, he goes full Woody Allen and is like, damn, why did I promise not to seduce her? She is so hot. Yeah, that is really part of the plot. Um, Enjoyed your show and hearing about your home life issues with that full house, Dale. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Tim Hamilton. I mean, it's uh, every day it's an adventure. God. Thanks, Tim. Uh, You never fail. I love, I love, I love your emails. (laughs) Please keep, keep coming. It, I feel like I'm reading a diary. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It, and we're sometimes. lucky enough to uh, he, yeah. he slips us some pages every now and again. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> Tim Hamilton. Uh, why don't you attach a picture of an eggnog spritzer next time? Oh yeah, what is an egg? I don't know what that is. I'm I'm tantalized. Yeah, he gave us the recipe a couple issues episodes oh, he back. Did. Oh, sorry. Shows. Yeah, I'm gonna leave that in though, so everybody can hear <laughs> your shame. <laughs> Okay, uh, next up, Hobo Salary. Thanks, Hobes. Whoa. I feel like we haven't heard from Hobo in a while. I know. Thanks for writing back in, Hobe. Yeah. Hobo. Just listen to your episode on Fade to Black. Even though I remembered the cover from my childhood video store days, I only watched it for the first time a couple years back. I understood Chuck, Chuck not liking the Eric Binford character. It's taken me a long time to come around to an unlikable protagonist not ruining a, ru- not ruining a story. I hated Scott Pilgrim when I first read it because I already knew and was annoyed by whiny little do-nothing indie rock kids. <laughs> <laughs> but on with the questions. What do you think it is about characters like Eric, or as you mentioned, Joker, that touch a nerve in people and they see them as being glorified? And do those people... Also see Jason Voorhees or or a real world example, um, Richard Kuklinski, as portrayed by Michael Shannon in The Iceman, the same way. Anyway, love the episode. Really hyped for Demon Wind. Boy, do I have a lot to say about that movie. Hobo, you should have you should have wrote in. Yeah, about that movie, Man. Demon Wind. Because I feel like our segment was only ten <laughs> minutes long. No, I think we got. I think we got a lot of time in. Um, wow, I, I, I'm still thinking about Michael Shannon and the Iceman. I've never seen that movie, but I, I remember almost clicking play on Netflix for many years. Um, but I didn't know anything about it. I don't know it was based on a real dude. Why? Um, do, so why do wankers touch a nerve in people and they see them as being glorified? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't think I. I'm not always turned off by bad characters as protagonists. I, I don't think that's my normal way of doing things uh, or way of reacting. I just really didn't like Eric Benford. <laughs> I think it wasn't that he was like, suppo- like I was like worried about him being the hero. I just didn't, I just really didn't like him. I think 
Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know what is like. I remember that whole Joker thing. Man, that was like that had Twitter up in flames for months. It's a great question. Um, but man, that I feel like that is just the, the debate rages on no matter what, right? I mean, great question, wrong podcast. <laughs> yeah, we love you though. Hobo salary. Thanks for uh, Hobo. We're so, I'm. I, I have to say, I was a little worried Hobo had abandoned us, but I'm very glad he's still listening. Um, but yeah, let us know about why we're wrong about Demon Wind. I want to hear your thoughts. I know. Please. Next up, Severin. Dear Bat and Spider, I've recently gotten through all of my Vinegar Syndrome Blu-rays, and I've realized that they are really doing the work of saints. My question for y'all is, what movie do you want them to release in the future? That's a loaded question because, you know, the beauty I found with Vinegar Syndrome is finding the stuff that I never knew about. But yeah. also, you know, the the the, uh, the quality and, and punch they packed with Beastmaster and, and the, some of the higher profile stuff. That's, that's, yeah, that's what I was thinking, like, the, with since they've started doing 4k releases though like i i feel like i thought of one the other day that Ooh. i was like man i wish vinegar syndrome would do that like as a 4k release i'm trying to think because it's yeah i mean it's hard it's like i mean when they released rad like i hadn't seen that since i was five years old mm-hmm. and i you know me, my brothers would rent it every weekend we watched it over and over again and that was like such an insane treat to get that in the mail on a 4k disc and relive that movie. I was like, wow, that was amazing. Yeah. So it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to like, Oh, I know one. It's a personal favorite of mine. There's this uh, movie called the chocolate war. You may have read the shot. Cho- it's based on a, like a kid's book, the chocolate war. Yeah. A lot of, you know, a lot of times you have to read it in probably like middle school. I, yeah. I think that sounds super um, familiar. Yeah. You may have read it. it it's like about, um, like a, a Catholic school and um, there's a big chocolate sale that the boys all have to participate in, but it's about one boy who says no to selling chocolate. And it's like all the, the inner school politics of trying to get this kid to just fall in line and he just won't do it. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but I love this book and um, it was adapted into a movie in the, late eighties that hasn't gotten like, I think it, you know, it was an independent movie. It didn't get a lot of attention, but I love the movie and it's only been put on DVD. It's not even on Blu-ray. Whoa. But I really like that movie and I love the soundtrack and I feel like that would be a really good, uh, vinegar syndrome 4k disc. I would love to see that. Um, wow. That's a personal thing. Like I love that movie and and I like, I love it so much that I don't even know, like, objectively if other people think it's any good (laughs) yeah severin this might be my favorite question of yours what about something like trying to trigger your your memory Mm -hmm. if there's any movies that like you rented like a lot as a kid or or even like weird like tv kids movies or something yeah and you know what i was thinking about weird weird (laughs) kids movies and uh i tell you one that i used to absolutely adore is 1985's The Dirt Bike Kid. Oh. Oh, I haven't seen that. Um, I think it's it's uh, 1985. Yeah, 1985. Peter Billingsley is in it. Who's that? Uh, he was in um, Christmas Story. Oh, okay. And... Uh, when his mother sends Jack off with money to buy groceries, he comes home with a magic supercharged dirt bike instead. His mother is furious, but when Jack uses the magic bike to save the local hot dog stand from the clutches of corrupt big business, he becomes the town hero. Oh my God, this poster is amazing. <laughs> I remember he's riding his dirt bike over top the city. Yeah, I remember. And the dirt bike, <laughs> the two headlights in front were like eyes, so it, they would move to like show emotion and stuff. Yeah. I can remember loving this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is total like, yeah, I could see Vinegar Syndrome or like Severin doing a, uh, a release of this for sure. Yeah. I this mean, looks awesome. <laughs> my God. I haven't seen this movie. Oh my God. In 35 years, 30, I mean, good grief. Oh, I mean, this reminds me of one that I, 
probably would never happen because I think Disney owns it, but Condor Man. I remember oh. being obsessed with Condor Man as a little kid. Wow, Condor Man. Yeah. I think it's I think it might be on Disney Plus actually. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Which is really? Really weird to think about, yeah. Produced by Walt Disney Productions. Oh yeah, man, you're never getting That's staying in the vault. <laughs> yeah. Dang. I don't know anything about this movie. Yeah, it was just like a superhero who had like a suit where he could glide. <laughs> like a California condor. I just remember being at the like Rehoboth Beach and that being like playing on the TV and being obsessed with it. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great memory. Yeah. Wow. Flight of the Navigator. That was a huge favorite of mine. Uh-huh. It's another Disney. Oh, man, yeah. I'm never getting out of that vault, but love that movie. But yeah, should we move on? Yeah, we got to. We, we, could be, we could be here all night. That's all the feedback for this week. Uh, thanks, everyone, for writing in. Batandspiderpod at gmail.com if you want to send yours. Now we got to talk about next week, Dale. Now we got to talk about next week's show, Chuck. It's my turn to pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chuck, looking back at our episodes, uh, we're, we're sort of over the halfway point, I think, where, uh, you know, it's been so long since we reviewed Friday the 13th that yeah. I think it's time to go back to that and... Uh, Oh, yeah. Okay. Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. I'm I'm sure you folks have seen it, but um, it's ready for us. We are ready. Our Man. hearts are ready to finally get into it. Making big moves. Yeah, this is you know oh, this is easily going to be second most downloaded episode next to our Friday the Thirteenth <laughs> because people people love that yeah. episode. That it's by far our yeah the most celebrated one in our catalog. Yeah, so. I mean just the, the, you know the audio coming from that the people just talk about that all the time. So yeah, it's gonna be cool. Um, yeah, it'll be cool. Yeah, this this one's uh, directed by Steve Miner. Oh, I think what else he did? Oh, he did. He did a lot. Halloween H two O and Lake Placid. Wow. There was a time uh, last year, 2020, where Steve Miner, I was, the most movies I watched were directed by Steve Miner. <laughs> <laughs> was that on Letterboxd? They show you that thing? Yeah, that was my like, facts. That, was my that's ha- that happens to me. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. It's always like the last person you'd think of. Let me see if that still holds true. I'm going back to, uh, I'm going back to 2020 in my Letterboxd live. Oh, uh, you know what? Thanks to Bat and Spider, Peter Jackson takes the top spot in my 2020 list with six films watched. Wow. Steve Miner in second place Ooh, with five films. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, it is. So you know what? Can you guess my first? I'm kind of surprised. I guess I watched a lot of these. Oh, uh, let's see. Terrence Fisher. Tim Burton. Oh, Tim Burton. Okay. Yeah, I watched seven Tim Burton movies. Wow. You were on a kick yeah. for a while. Yeah, I must have been. And then next up, John Hughes with five. And then after that, Roger Corman with five. Oh, I got, and Joel Cohen at five. Oh, wow. Okay. This is like the type of thing like I would never, like I would hear about people doing, like tracking their moving watches. And I would like, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd start at the January 1st and then forget about it on January 2nd. Never do it. But Yeah, right. It's so cool to see all this stuff tracked. I love it. Yeah, you're looking back at 2020. I I remember even my first film documented in 2020 was January 13th. I knew I watched movies before that, but I was like on January 13th, I was like, you know what? I'm going to log my I'm going to use Letterboxd. Yeah. And and yeah. mostly through the encouragement and, you know, habitual usage through our friends. And the 70 yeah. millimeter podcast, um, you know, I kind of stuck with it. And who would have thought I would st- actually stick with it for a whole year and 237 films watched? Yeah. I mean, it's Yeah, bananas. it really helps when you, you hit, when your like friend group starts, everyone starts using it. It's like, it's a sickness. Mm-hmm. All right, man. We are really just talking, huh? Yeah. <laughs> we should wrap this, this up. Is, so this is all going to get edited out. This. Just fucking throw it in the garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's it. Um, next week, Chuck. Friday the Thirteenth, Part Two. Is this Shane saying the biz? Really big show. Yeah, right. You can quote Friday the Thirteenth. He doesn't even have his mask yet, right? No spoilers. No, no. spoilers. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that and a whole lot yeah. more. 
Oh boy. Woo, just you wait, kids. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great episode. Strap in. Love you guys. All right, Dale. Dale, I love you. Have a good night. Love you. theme song was created by Toby Forsman of Whipsong Music. Find out more at whipsongmusic.com.